uh, right after service, right down here in the front, uh, for all those who signed up or wanting to help with Children's Church. Um, we're going to have a quick meeting today because Children's Church starts next week. Now, Children's Church is going to be uh, happening. They'll be dismissed uh, next week once we start. Um, during the preaching time, they'll be to go back, um, and they'll have, you know, they got a curriculum and a good time to do a study, God's Word, and to, to get to know uh, the Lord through that. And I'm thankful for all the volunteers and the leadership and that. That's going to be for ages four to six. And so for anyone who's signed up to help or is interested in helping, come down here in the front because we're kicking that off next week. So we want to make sure everyone's on the same page and ready to go. But I appreciate your help with it. Um, then this evening we're going to be having at the 630 service. I encourage you all to come back tonight. Uh, tonight we'll be having the Lord's Supper. Um, we don't like to have it on a Sunday morning just to tag it along in the service. We want it to be the focus of the service. Uh, it is uh, one of the commands of Scripture uh, for New Testament believers, of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And so we want to make it a special time tonight, and I believe it will be a special service. So if you can, come back tonight, make it a point to, to come back and uh, to enjoy the service and to partake of the Lord's Supper and to prepare our hearts uh, for worshiping of the Lord. Um, then as well, next weekend is Labor Day weekend. As you guys know, they have this little flea market that comes into town. Um, they got a couple of tents set up already for it, but... What we're going to be doing um, is we're going to be parking people in our parking lot and down in our field if it gets full, which I'm sure it probably will. Um, but we need some help, some volunteers. And if you can help out, we've got four-hour shifts, all right? If you can get four hours, all right? It's not that long, and uh, it's not going to be that hard either. Uh, we've got even a tent for you to come, and, and we've got free water. I mean, this is the whole thing. We, we're even going to give you some cold water, right, to drink. So, um, but we need some folks to be able to, to, be able to park people safely, and we've got some goodie bags for those that come. We're going to be doing a, a bag for per car load. And each one is getting inside this bag that, of course, has our logo on it. They get the bag so they can go shop all the treasures that are downtown and all that good stuff at the flea market. But we've got a planner in there. We've got a church pen. We've got a flashlight so they can find their way to church, right? Okay. And we've got uh, a magnet with the church so that way they can put that on the refrigerator. And every time they go to it, They'll think about us, and one day they just might come. We never know what that can do, but as well, we're going to have gospel tracts and things in there. We'll have a table set up as well, because what we're going to do is in each side of that uh, bag is going to have a connection card. We want to make connections, not just connections so we can be telemarketers for people. We want to tell people how to get to heaven. We want to be able to put tracts in their hands and in their bags, the gospel and their hearts, uh, but we want to, be able to make connections that they don't have a home church or if they're looking to go to church. Uh, that they can drop off a connection card, we can reach out to them, but uh, we're going to have some giveaways. If they're willing to drop off a connection card in a bucket, we're willing to pull a name out and to give a gift card out. Uh, so it's just some encouragement, some incentive. But if you can come and give uh, four hours, there's a sign-up sheet in the back from uh, Friday and Saturday from either 6 to 10, 10 to 2, or 2 to 6, and you could come from 6 to 10 that night if you want to, just nobody will be here, okay? Um, but sign up, we, we've got some room for you, and we can't do this unless, unless you come and help. But if, even if you can give just a little bit of your time, it will go a long way to make things safe and as well to get the gospel out and to reach out uh, to souls. And uh, I appreciate those that will be helping out with it. Of course, Ladies Ministry has their retreat coming up. And so if you've got questions of that, see uh, Lynn Pratt or Lou Ellen, and uh, they'll be able to answer all your questions for it. But um, I do want to thank you guys for being with us this morning. Let's continue to remember a couple of families in prayer. Uh, the Dalton family, of course, as uh, last week. Um, at the passing of Odell, continue to remember them in prayer this week, and, and just moving forward as well, just for strength and for peace. And uh, many of you guys might not have known, I know the word didn't get out uh, until kind of too late, not to everybody as well, 
but Marcus Sanders, who sat right about there, uh, passed away last Sunday night unexpectedly. He was just here last weekend cutting grass out front last Saturday and here Sunday morning. And we truly never know when the last time we're going to meet in this place will be. I hope you know and understand that and that today, as we gather here this morning, that we don't take that for granted. Whether you're a visitor here, whether you're a lifelong member here, that today we would understand that this could be the very last time we gather as the body of Christ to worship our Lord, that it may, may drive our hearts to sing loud for the, for the glory of God, that it might encourage us to encourage one another, to help one another, that it might bring us to where we want to know God and that we want to be changed as we go from this place today, that we want to know that we've met with the Lord and He met with us. And so may it never be said that we came here in vain. And, uh, but today I want to open us up in prayer to pray for these families, to pray for our church, and to pray for these things moving forward and that God would bless us as we try to be a blessing to our community and try to be faithful to Him. But thank you for being with us today. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I'm grateful for each one that's here. And Lord, uh, thankful for another day of life that we can gather and worship you. Lord, I do want to lift up those families this week who have lost loved ones. And Lord, we, we truly see how quickly we just never know that this might be the last time we meet here in this place. So Lord, I, I do pray for grace and, and for comfort for those families, but as well for us today that we would have hearts that desire to worship you today. We would have hearts that are seeking you that are prepared to worship you and to lift up our voices and our hands to you, that we might uh, give you the praise that you deserve. Lord, I pray that uh, for each person that's here today, God, whatever need they might have, God, that you would meet it as only you can. Lord, ultimately, you would meet our spiritual needs, Lord. That you would open up our hearts to your word. And Lord, as your word is open, that you would pour out the truth. And God, that through your Holy Spirit, that there would be power and your presence demonstrated in this place and that you would do things that only you can do today. God, that you would change hearts and lives, that you would save souls, that you would... Uh, give revival to your church and Lord help us to long and look forward to that Lord help us to not just think that you can but to believe that you will Lord I pray that we would be powered by prayer today that we would be uh, powered by your faithfulness and your strength and your might and God that you would help us all today Lord to worship you in this time Lord we give this hour over to you now and Lord that you would use it as you see fit we love you and we thank you for all that you've done for who you are in Jesus name amen Please stand if you're able, and we will start our worship and praise in song about our Redeemer. And we only have one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. There he is, a Redeemer. Number 308. <clears throat> if you wish to turn there. Smile. 
being my redeemer. What a day that will be. Remain standing. And if you prefer to look in the hymn book, it's hymn number 762. What a day that will be. Looking forward to that. There is coming a day when the heartache shall go. sickness no more pain and one that I really like which I like both of them no sickness no pain no more parting we lose loved ones we lose friends we get in and out of church they die whatever but that won't be that won't be happening no more I really look forward to that part of it okay so the revelation gives us a picture of what that would be like giving honor and glory and worship to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ forever and ever. Join in as we sing to the one that is worthy of worship. Worthy of worship, number 153. Worthy of
smile <laughs> and you can be seated we have a special now by mr. Tony Hicks you need a microphone brother just you yeah just use the pulpit mic appreciate brother Tony didn't give him a whole lot of notice there and called him there or rather email and he said he would so I appreciate it it might be rougher than ditch water, but we'll get through it. <laughs> I come to the garden alone while the dew still on the road and the voice I hear falling on my ear the Son of God discloses and he walks with tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known he speaks and the sound of so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever joy we share as 
we tarry there none other has ever Maybe, maybe something's happening today. Maybe we just need to pause and thank God for all his many blessings and praise him for his goodness and thank him for the opportunity to be in his house today and to worship him and to hear from the word of God by God's man. So join with me in prayer now. And let's ask God to challenge us and Show us some things in our lives that we need to change. Maybe some things we need to do that we're not doing. And vice versa. So join with us in prayer. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you most of all for dying for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for saving our souls from eternal burning, burning hell, Lord. 
thank you for the privilege and honor to be in your house here today. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor. And ask, Lord, that you'd use him in a mighty way. Bless him and give him unction and give him power. Give him a freshness, Lord, where he can preach and proclaim the great truths from your word. Help us to be attentive to the preaching and to the challenges from your word. Speak to our hearts. Help us to be willing to change. Help us to be willing to do, not just hearers of your word, but doers also, Lord. Help us to honor you and glorify you and praise you in our walk and in our talk. And so we're going to tell you we love you. Thank you for loving us. Because you first loved us, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Please stand as we sing. Worthy is the Lamb. Great message in this song.
said, amen, worthy is the lamb, you may be seated, and now, most important part of the service is the preaching of God's word, Pastor Joe. Amen. Appreciate the worship that has been lifted this morning, the song sung, and uh, Brother Tony, that won't know ditch water, <laughs> that was pretty good right there. I appreciate that. As you should probably know already, if you've been with us the past little while, turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6 this morning. We're going to be looking at verse number 15 today. We've been looking at the gospel armor and looking at what spiritual warfare looks like, what it means in the life of a believer. We've addressed many of the issues of our day, many of the issues of our heart. Because this is what the Bible does. It addresses the needs of the culture and of Christians and of every single heart that there ever has been and there ever will be. There is nothing more relevant. There is nothing more meaningful. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. And that is why we're here today. I want to read for you in context as I have each week for us to really nail this down in our hearts and in our minds this morning. And as we're going to focus today on verse number 15 and have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, our gospel shoes, our Bible boots is what we need today. The Scripture says in verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You once more for this day. God, for this time, for the songs lifted. Thank You for the special, for just for each soul that's here today, God, just to lift up our hearts to You. God, I pray that now that You would open up our hearts, God, that we would be laid bare before You. God, that... Your word, through the power of your spirit, through the preaching of it, Lord, not my power, but only through yours. God, that you would do something today in hearts. God, that we would not just think that you can, but believe that you will do something today. God, if we came here not expecting anything, let's just go home. God, you're worthy, you're able. Lord, I pray that today we would have the reality of hell. We'd have the reality of our sin. We'd have the reality of heaven open up. God, that You might even open up this floor that we might catch a glimpse of the reality of, of what eternity without You looks like. God, that You might open up our hearts that we might see the sin that is within us or the pain that is within us that we might lay it down at Your feet to pick it up no more. God, that You might open up this, this roof, open up the heavens and show us Your glory and the reality of what awaits for those who are in You today. God, that we might have a freshness of our heart. God, that we might be revived today. That we might have our hearts touched. 
that we might grow in grace and knowledge of You and today that You would do what only You can. God, today I pray that You would get me out of the way, out of my flesh. God, protect our hearts and our minds. Protect my tongue today. God, protect each one of us from the spiritual battle certainly taking place. God, that You would stand and be victorious and that we would see Your goodness and Your grace and Your faithfulness today. Lord, help us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the Gospel of peace. If there's anything this world needs today, it is peace, isn't it? And they are looking for peace, but looking for it in all the wrong ways, all the wrong places. You will not find peace with God or man outside of the Gospel. Today, I know that this week there has been grief and there's been losses over the past few weeks and there's been a multitude of sicknesses and and issues of of hearts and issues in our homes you want to know how to have peace you want to know where peace can be found it's not going to be in a liquor cabinet it's not going to be in the world it's not even going to be uh from from churchianity or, or trying to be good it's going to be found in the gospel alone what is the gospel the gospel is the death the burial the resurrection of our lord jesus christ and that He did so for you today, and that God loves you today right where you are. He sees your heart. He knows your pain, your heartache, your circumstances, and He alone can bring that peace in your heart today. Only He can bring peace in this world. And I want you to know today, there will not be peace in this world unless one, everyone today that is alive would repent and put their trust in the Gospel alone. Or two, if Christ returns, and when Christ returns, there will be peace. There will be war for an instant, for a moment, because He will annihilate His enemies. He will set up shop and He will rule and reign forever and forever and forever because He alone is King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. This book is about Him. Your life is about Him. This service is about Him. And there is nothing in this life that does not point to His Gospel. From Genesis to Revelation, it is about the Gospel of peace about God redeeming mankind and bringing peace where there was no peace. Offering peace to those who offered only war to God. Because mind you, according to this same book, we were at war with God, at enmity with God, enemies of His in our sins and our trespasses. We did not know what peace was like with God. We did not know what peace was like with man because there is no peace within us. Today, if you do not have peace inside of your heart today, repent and trust and believe this glorious gospel that we're going to talk about today. Today, is we've been dealing with spiritual warfare and the armor and the pieces, all of it literally builds upon one another. All of it comes together. All of it uh, begins here as he shows us our enemy in the first few verses. And then it goes forward even more so in verse 13, a, a call once more to put on the whole armor. So we can stand and withstand in the evil day. And we're living in some evil days and we're seeing evil things. So where is our hope and where is our peace in this? It's going to be found in that gospel, the good news of Christ. And he says, having done all to stand. And he says, stand therefore as a command. To stand therefore, man your station. Today, if you're alive and breathing and you're in Christ, you are in His army and you're called to be a mighty warrior. A mighty warrior. To stand. That's what this world needs. That's what our churches need. That's what our homes need. And that's what your heart needs today to stand in the gospel truth and the gospel of peace. Then we find that it begins having our loins girt about with truth, meaning our whole lives to be wrapped up in truth. 
Today, if you're grieving, put your trust in the truth of God's Word, that God is good, and that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Today, if you're struggling with sin, know the truth that if we confess our sin and put our trust in Christ, that He will save us. He will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not because of our goodness, but because of His goodness. That's the Gospel truth today. Today, if you're just struggling with with emotions or trying to feel close to God, trust in the truth. Be girded up by it. And then have on that breastplate of righteousness as we talked last week. Something that is so desperately missing in our armor today that we don't put on like we should as believers. Our personal righteousness, our personal holiness of which God calls us. The Bible still says, be holy as I am holy. We are called a peculiar people and called out assembly of God. That's what the church is. We are the body of Christ. We belong to Him. We were bought by Him. We belong to Him. And everything is by Him and for Him. It is this gospel of which we stand. It is this gospel that we live for, that we put on this holiness that we need so desperately today in our world. When we come now to verse 15, we address this girding up with a belt so that everything else can attach properly. And then he's got on the breastplate here. And by this point, you and I should have that on long before we even came into this place today. The moment you woke up this morning, a battle began to rage. A battle to see if you would come to church or not. A battle to see what your attitude would be like before God. Uh, The the battle to distract you from uh, what God has to say. To divide you from one another, from your brothers and sisters in Christ. And to destroy your heart and your home with your walk with God. Now we come with dealing exactly with what walking looks like to have your feet shod. It is literally to to put on it. The the Greek word means to bind on. They didn't have any good looking shoes like we got today, or I don't. It, this looks more like a pontoon boat, but it's 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 a shoe. I promise you. But this thing here, it, it, these shoes they carry us right. And, and out here today, there's a multitude of shoes. There's everything out. Flip flops, sandals. I don't know if anybody's got any high heels on out there. I don't know if anybody's got any Crocs on. Right. I'm a Crocs and socks kind of guy. Right? There's some out there. It's not fashionable, but it's there. It's a thing. But shoes serve a purpose. One, they protect our feet. Two, they get us to where we're going. And three, sometimes they look good. Not the Crocs and socks, but it's not meant for look good. It's for comfort, right? I used to tell people I'm not built for speed. I'm built for comfort. I'm like a minivan, okay? Our shoes serve a purpose, though. Today, there's many Christians out there who are wearing the wrong shoes. The reason why we lose many battles in our life is because we have on the wrong equipment. We're not wearing the right stuff. We're not really prepared for the battle. Now, the Roman soldier at this time, he did not have on combat boots like our soldiers got today. And to those who served in the military, I did not. But I know something about shoes. If they're not comfortable and they can't serve its purpose, then it's kaput. But for those in the military, you learned a lot about boots that you probably didn't even know before you got in the military, didn't you? You learned how to shine them, how to lace them up, how to make them look good, uh, their purpose. You learned how to break them in. You learned what they could and could not do and where they would uh, take you, where they wouldn't take you. But you know if they said to march, your boots were going to be on and you were going. Regardless. Today we are called not on to put on Crocs and socks like I might enjoy so much to be comfortable in this life. We're called to put on combat boots. We're not called to put on the fancy high heels of this world that 
that look good but really have no practical purpose. We're not called to put on the flip-flops, spiritually speaking, that we would have no protection, no cushion, no foundation, that we would slip-slide everywhere. We're called to put on the Bible boots of the gospel of peace so that we might stand firm. Because you're not going to stand firm in Crocs and socks, even if you put it in sport mode. It's not happening. We need the boots of the gospel of peace. You will stand or fall depending upon how you view and know and understand and believe this gospel. It is the gospel that is woven and flows throughout all of Scripture. It is the gospel that is the peak point of every Bible doctrine that points to Christ and Christ alone. It is the gospel that is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, so that all might walk and believe and be saved and be kept by faith alone, in Christ alone. It is this gospel that protects us, that empowers us, that keeps us going. And today we're going to see three things that this gospel of peace does, that being uh, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace upon our feet, that it grounds us it guards us, and it keeps us going. We are to be grounded. We are to be guarded. And we are to be going for the sake of the gospel. Today, I would say, as one of my spiritual fathers, Pastor Paul Lepervat, would say, if you ain't dead, you ain't done. Suck it up and drive on. We need some of that today. Matter of fact, I'd say we need an awful lot of that today. We need an awful lot of gumption that we've somewhere lost along the way. We've got weak, sissy pansies for preachers. We've got weak, sissy pansy men for husbands and fathers. And we wonder why our churches and homes are in the shape they're in. We, we wonder why. It's because we don't believe the gospel that we say we do. We don't believe the power that is truly there in the gospel. Y'all know the same gospel that was preached on the day of Pentecost is preached here today. The same gospel that is, is there that saved souls then, saved souls now. The same gospel that was used by God to send countless revivals, some of which you might have seen. I pray that I might see a real one. Not, not, a, not a move of emotionalism, not a move of manipulation by preachers and singers, but I'm talking about real revival. Real revival of God's people where we are understanding who we are before God and we're changed by the preaching and the power of the Word of God through the Spirit of God. We say all the time, America needs revival, preacher. America needs revival. Yes, it does. But you know where that starts? It starts with us because we need it. I'd say even more so than we. I'm going to get real personal. You need revival today. I need revival. And it's going to only come in your heart today by believing this gospel. And I want you to know that this gospel of peace is not just for the lost soul today. Because you might be sitting there going, oh, I hope some lost souls here to hear that gospel today. Hey, praise God, I hope they are. If you're lost here today, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He died for you. And He rose again victorious so that if you put your trust in Him alone for salvation, if you turn from your sins and call upon His name, He will save you to the uttermost and He will save you for all of eternity. He will be your God, your Lord, your King, your Savior, your Master, and will walk with you. You know, that gospel... It's still for you, dear saved soul. You know what's going to keep you going in this lost world? The gospel. You know what's going to encourage you in the morning to wake you up when you feel you've got nothing to hold on to? The gospel. That Jesus loves me, a sinful wretch who is unlovable before the sight of God, yet He still loves me. 
Somebody that might be lonely. Someone that might be cast down or, or destitute. Might not have a, a dollar to my name. But God loves me. God in heaven loves me. And He's brought peace to my heart through the gospel. There is gospel hope and peace for you today. The gospel's not just to save you. It's to keep you. It's to empower you. It's to keep you going today wherever your heart is. Preach the gospel to your heart today. That's what you need. If you have a need of peace, it's the gospel that's going to be there for you. If you need to be saved, it's the gospel that's there. Everything. It must be gospel-centered, gospel-focused. You and I, come next weekend, can pass out all these bags we want, but if we don't tell no one about Jesus, it's worthless. We can have every program happening in this building and in this church and in this community. We can run buses eight ways to Sunday all day long. And if we don't preach the gospel, we're nothing. It's the gospel. It's the gospel that this world needs today. If they're going to have peace, and by the way, I do not see this world getting better. I don't see it ever getting better. But I do see a God in heaven who's still at work. I do see a, a gospel that's still powerful and mighty enough to save souls. I still believe in that power. Do you today? Oh, I believe if we truly did, that we would be changed when we meet in this place. When the past two weeks, we've had two souls who have been here and worshiped God for the last time and they didn't know it, neither did we. I thank God for the gospel because there's going to be a reunion that day. I thank God for the gospel that there's power knowing that if we truly believed and understood its power and its purpose and its authority in our life, that we would have enough umption and enough guts about us to actually get something out of church, to actually get something out of preaching, to actually get something out of singing. It's the gospel that's going to carry us through this. It's the gospel that will get you through everything in your life, the ups and the downs and everything in between. It's the gospel for the soldier of the cross that keeps us marching. Without the death, the burial, and that glorious resurrection and that wonderful promise of His coming again for His saints, we would have no hope. We would have all preaching to be in vain. We would have our faith to be in vain. But our Lord is not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And He's coming back again one day. The gospel is good news. Do we still believe it's good news? Some of us just say in our hearts, we, we know what God did for us, but we get so burned down and so worried by our sin or our condition or things in this world that we have no peace. If anybody should have peace today in your heart, it is the one who knows Jesus. To know Jesus is to know peace. He is still the Prince of Peace. And He's offering peace to you today. Peace to those that are far off to come to Christ and be saved. Peace to those who are near and need Him now more than ever. There is peace. Peace for those who trust in this glorious Gospel. Today, to have your feet shod, the historical way of looking at these shoes that they would wear, they would literally bind them on, gird them up, and they didn't wear shoes like this. They had on sandals that then were laced up, and even with greaves that were made out of brass that covered their lower leg. It was protection in battle. It was to ground them, first of all, because on the bottom of these things were spikes. They would cover themselves, and under the bottom they would have the ability to really stand firm, to hold their grip. If anyone's ever tried to run, uh, which we try not to do too often, don't we? Right? But if you've run and you're not grounded, if you're slipping and sliding everywhere, you're going to get hurt and you're not going to get nowhere. It's a lot like the old cartoons where 
you see a, the oil slick get dropped or the banana peel, right? And right, we're gone, right? In this spiritual battle, the devil will love nothing more than to put out an oil slick or a banana peel for you to slip on. If you are not grounded, you will fall. And he's not coming to help you up. He's coming for your throat. That world is not coming to help you up. It's coming for your kids and your grandkids and your heart. In your own sin, it's not coming to help you up. It's not going to give you assurance. Those doubts, those discouragement, those anxieties, those worries, those pet sins that come, they're not coming to help you. They're coming to watch you not just slip and fall, but they're coming to knock you down while you're laying there. We need these gospel shoes, these Bible boots to be put on so that we would be grounded, first of all, in the Word of God. I believe that our homes are slipping and churches are slipping. That society has slipped because we're not grounded in God's Word. I cannot ground you in the Word of God. I can teach you about it, but you must be grounded yourself. Only you can decide if you will not just hear what the preacher says, but believe what the Bible says and be changed by it. Only you can put on your gospel shoes. Only you can put on this gospel of peace and bind it up and lace them up and be ready to go. Only you can be prepared. Do you have those on today? Or are you comfortable with the Crocs and Socks Christianity? Well, you're comfortable in your walk. You go to church. You tip a little. You come to the meals. And that's it. There's much more than that. Or are you comfortable in wearing the high heels that maybe aren't comfortable spiritually, but they sure do look good like you got it going on. But really inside, you're nothing before God. And you don't have peace. You don't have assurance. You don't have a real walk with Him. We must be grounded. To be grounded in the Word of God, in the will of God, to be grounded in the fight, because if we're not grounded, we will fall. Because you know what happens in the spiritual battle for your souls right now? It is not that Satan is looking at the, the shingles or the windows to knock out. He's coming for the foundation. He's coming for the very bottom beginning and you know what your foundation is dear believer it is the gospel of god the word of god and there is nothing else we have nothing else to be grounded on and he's coming for it right now he's planning doubts he's planning divisions he's planning discouragements about god's word even now oh going oh well it hasn't worked before you've been praying long enough and god hasn't answered or or you've gone again and again or you're too far gone for god that's a bunch of baloney and hogwash the devil's a liar and he's the the father of lies he's never going to tell you the truth He's not even going to tell you all, uh, uh, even three-quarters of the truth. He's going to give you a lie so that you might believe it and that you might lose your footing. Dear believer, do not lose your footing. Be grounded in the gospel. But to be grounded in the gospel, you better know it. The gospel is so simple, yet so profound, so deep, that we could keep diving in the gospel and preaching the gospel and we'll never reach the depth or the very bottom of God's love and His riches and His mercy and His grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1-4, through 4, the Apostle Paul gives us the, the perfect bottom dollar line of what the gospel is. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. As the Apostle Paul is preaching this gospel and is about to lay it out plain as day, he is saying you stand in it, meaning he's saying you're grounded by this gospel. It is your foundation. It is everything to us. We must hold dear to this gospel because it is our only hope in this world. This world has fallen. We need to be grounded in what He gives to us here.
by which also ye are saved by the gospel. You're not saved by your good works. You're not saved by baptism. You're not saved by religion. You're not saved by anything that you can do. You can't pay enough, be good enough, or even come close to the righteousness of God. You can't keep the commands. You can't keep even half of them. You can't keep a third of them. You can't keep three of them at the same time. Why? Because we're miserable, wretched creatures in our flesh who need to believe the gospel and be born again because it's only the power of the gospel that can save your soul. And He saves us and He seals us under the day of redemption. He says, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain, to those who have been saved for years and have walked with the Lord for years, He says, remember what I have preached unto you. What does He preach? The gospel. That gospel is not just to save you it is to encourage you along the way. You need encouragement today? Do you need peace today? Do you need help today? Know that Jesus loved you and died for you and rose again. Is there anything that could be better news? Is there anything that could bring warmth to your heart or joy to your soul or peace which surpasses all understanding? Nothing except that Gospel. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried. And that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. It was foretold long ago, prophesied by the prophets and preached. <coughs> excuse me. Prophesied and preached by the prophets of God that there was a coming Messiah. Even preached by God Himself. The first message that God preached the, after the very first sin is that there's going to be one who's going to crush the head of the serpent, and that is His Son, the second person of the Trinity, who's from everlasting to everlasting, Jesus Christ the righteous, Jesus Christ the propitiation for our sins, Jesus the promised one, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior of all those who would call upon Him. He will save them. That is the Gospel. That is the Gospel at its root. And it grounds us. The second thing that the Gospel does is we must be guarded by it. If the Gospel will guard you from sin, it will guard you from Satan's lies and attacks. It is the Gospel that we must cling to and run to. It is the Gospel that not only grounds us in our faith, but guards us as the devil keeps coming, as the enemies keep coming, as our sin seems to almost never leave us alone. It is the Gospel that will guard us all the way. Those shoes that those soldiers wore not only kept them grounded on the bottoms of their uh, shoes to keep them from slipping in battle, but as well protected them from what they might step on. Which, by the way, booby traps have been a thing for thousands of years. If man can kill somebody and wants to kill somebody, he will find a way. Amen? If politicians are listening, it's not a particular weapon's fault. If somebody wants somebody dead and has it in their heart to murder them because of their hate and their sin within them, they will find a way. But what these shoes would do is guard and protect them from the bottom. It would guard them on the top and guard their lower leg as the greaves would be strapped down to them to guard from anything that might be thrown, that might ricochet, might bounce. You know what's coming. The enemy is coming. And, and as the enemy comes, he'll do anything to trip you up because if you're on the ground, you are an easy target. And far too many believers have been not only tripped by the things of this world and tripped by sin and even tripped by wicked and terrible and unbiblical and ungodly preaching, but they are laying there, belly up to the devil, 
and wondering why they're being attacked, wondering why they're so defeated, why they're so discouraged, why they have no hope, why they have no peace. Because we're called to stand and we have a protection called the gospel of peace. Put on this gospel armor. We will not be able to stand without the gospel. We will not be able to march without the gospel. We will not be able to defeat the enemy without the gospel. And you know what we need to do with these gospel shoes, with these Bible boots, is kick the enemy in the teeth. Some people need a good whooping, and the devil certainly does. We've been whooped and defeated by the world and by sin so long that we forgot that we're called to stand and to march, and we've got these things. We might as well use them. We've got the gospel. We ought to wield it. It's still yet powerful. It's still got authority. It still has everything that this world needs today. We say so often in our churches how much we love Jesus, how much we believe the gospel, and yet our lives say otherwise, and our hearts deceive us. We can say we believe the gospel, and we say that God can, but how many of us truly believe that God will, or believe that God actually can? The reason why we don't see revival, and the reason why we don't see the things happen in our life when the gospel is preached, the reason why every service, that there aren't tears anymore, or there aren't a movement of God anymore as it seems, is because not, that not because that, that God has changed, it's because that we have stopped truly believing what the gospel is able to do. I wish that we could get back to that place as our fathers and forefathers once had, that they believed that the gospel was powerful enough and was able to save souls. Because it still is. They believed that the Gospel was enough. It grounded them, and it guarded them. And it kept them, lastly, going. It is this Gospel of peace that is going to keep you going in times of hurt. It is this Gospel of peace and knowing Jesus that's going to keep you going in times of trial, in times of sin, in times of desperation, in times of loneliness. It is going to be the Gospel that keeps you going. But even more so, it is the gospel that carries us into battle. It is the gospel that carries us out. It is the gospel that keeps us firm in it, that allows us to move uh, both fast and, and, and furious and firm in all that we do. It is going to be the gospel that you and I are called to go with. Today, the last thing that we need to keep doing in our churches is to preach politics, self-help, worldly philosophy, and programs. We need the preaching of the gospel from the nursery to the funeral home. It is the gospel that will get the job done. Not the preacher, not the Sunday school teacher, the word of God, this gospel of God, this gospel of peace. This gospel of peace we're to be going with. Today, what you and I are called to do is to preach a gospel that this world hates to them anyways. To preach it not because we hate them, but because we love them, because God so loved them that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do we still yet believe that today? I hope so. To go with the gospel does not mean either that we just go, well, that's what we pay the preacher for. That's not going with the gospel. Going with the gospel is not going, well, let me just get him to church. That's nice. I'd love to have this place full, but I'd rather have it full of sheep than full of goats. That's the truth. We're not called to entertain the world. 
It has been said by men a whole lot smarter than I, if you want to uh, grow the church, go ask your community. Ask them all about what they want, and then go in your church and do the opposite. Because this world's never going to tell you what this book tells you. The world and your flesh does not want what this book says. This gospel is what we're called to go with. This means that as we gather here, we are an equipping station to equip the saints for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's what the gospel does. It equips us and allows us to go outside these walls. How many times that you come in here and you see, right back here, you see a house of prayer. And we go, oh, well, we pray here. This is great. And then as someone leads in prayer, we're doing this. One eye open, one eye closed. We're seeing who's moving, who's crying, who's really praying, or we're listening to what they have to say, and our hearts aren't praying. You want to know this ain't going to be no house of prayer if you're not praying in it. Even more so, it's not going to be a house of prayer if you're not praying long before you walk in this place. Secondly, you look at these banners. Y'all can see them as much as I can. You walk right by them every, every time these doors are open. Outside the walls. Go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. The gospel is to go outside these walls. It's preached inside these walls to encourage us as we go outside these walls because y'all don't live here, neither do I. We're going to go get lunch somewhere, eat some sort of dead chicken and go home for the day, take an afternoon nap and come back for Lord's Supper. And guess what? In between, we have the opportunity to go outside these walls to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Why? So that we then, we can love God and love others. You walk past that sign too. You want to know how we love God? And the only way that we will ever love God, it's through the gospel. It is the gospel that will change your heart from one that is dead in sins and trespasses and breathe new life into you so that you will no longer be an enemy of God and hate God, but love God. And to love God is everything. Because we've experienced His love, and then we're to share that love with others. And the way, and the best way to show your family that you love them, the way to show your kids, and your grandkids, and your wives, and your husbands that you love them, and the way that we show this world is through the gospel. And then you walk right past that one too that says serve first. The greatest way to serve is not just by volunteering to do things. It's great to have sign-up sheets full. It's great to have an overabundance of helpers. But I'll take a few who are on fire for the gospel than many who are half-hearted, myself included. I believe that God would do us a great justice if there would be many half-hearted Christians taken out of the pulpits, taken out of the pews, and that God would open up into the preaching of the gospel that great things would happen. God, with a few who are committed to Him, will do a lot. Much more than we could ever imagine, much more than we could ever hope for or think that could ever happen. Today I want to turn to Romans chapter 10, and we'll be done. Romans chapter 10. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today if you don't have that peace of God, that peace for eternity, would you repent of your sins and trust Jesus? Here's how He makes it clear. Romans 10, verse 1. 
Verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Notice that. Rich unto all that call upon him. Today you are not too far from God to save. Today you are not too far for God's grace or his mercy or his love. He will save you just as you are, but he will not leave you that way because he loves you far much to do that. He will save you and change your life for the better. It does not mean you'll never have problems or troubles or heartaches on this earth, but rather it means that we have an eternal hope, a peace that gets us through this world and on to the next, where one day we will look into the eyes of peace itself, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today, these next couple of verses, I believe, are going to bring it home for going with the Gospel. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the Gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. A quotation of Isaiah 52, verse 7. The Apostle Paul then writes in Ephesians, to have your feet shod with the preparation of the Gospel of peace. He's saying, have on your Bible boots. Be grounded, be guarded, and be going with this peaceful Gospel. It is peace to those who believe, but the Gospel means war to those who won't believe. That Jesus still rules and reigns and will judge those who will not come to Him. Today, if you don't know Him, come. He is willing, He is able, and He is ready. Call upon His name and be saved today. But to those of you, dear believers, who are struggling with inward peace, who are struggling in your heart and with sin, come once more to the Gospel truth and find peace once more. Find that hope and that joy and that peace that only knowing that Christ loves you and died for you, and only that can give. And that as we go from this place, that we would go with the gospel, not just in our head, but in our hearts, and we would go with the gospel in our hands, that everything that we do would be gospel-centered, gospel-focused, gospel-purposed, that we would be gospel-driven in our lives, that we would know that there is a lost and a dying world, and that if today is the last day that we are in this place, that we've given all for the gospel, we've given all for the glory of God. Is that something to be said about us today? Today, as Romans chapter 10 said, how will they hear? How will this world hear about peace unless we go and preach it? How will our family and friends have peace unless we go preach the gospel of peace to them? It is your job and mine to win all those around us to preach the gospel. We're not called to have numbers, we're called to be faithful. Faithful in what? Faithful in believing the gospel. Faithful in preaching the gospel. And where the gospel is preached, God is at work. Today, God is at work. Do you recognize that in your heart today? As our pianist is about to play, this altar is going to be open. Today, if one, if you don't know Christ, come and be saved. Call upon His name. I could take the Bible and show you. It's truly as simple. That's calling upon Him and He will save.
to they, those others who do know the Lord, this altar is open for you too. If you have a need for peace, for comfort, for forgiveness or restoration, come and experience that gospel of peace once more today. May you be revived, renewed, redeemed, so that we might be grounded and guarded and going with this gospel of peace. Let's all stand, and as the piano plays, this altar's open. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the hearts changed and touched by the power of your word. God, I pray that you continue to do a work in us and through us, Lord, that you would meet our needs, Lord, as only you can meet the needs of every heart. And as we go from this place, Lord, pray, God, that you'd help us to go with this gospel. Lord, we just thank you once more for this time. And Lord, as we dismiss, may you be glorified in everything we say, everything we do. We love you because you first loved us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yes, please. 